At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC. It's a Silver Linings edition. Sadly, we're getting a little too used to saying that, but the Hornets have fallen upon hard times. Sixth loss in their last seven games. They fell yesterday to the Chicago Bulls, 108-91 to a game. Honestly, they were never really in. We'll break down last night's game. We'll get you ready for tonight's contest. And we're also going to have a special conversation with Michael Dermer, founder of The Lonely Entrepreneur and one of the judges from the Innovation Summit. Have you seen it yet? We had the video drop a couple days ago now. And the winner of the Innovation Summit will be announced at tonight's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So highly encourage you to go check it out. It's on the Hornets' YouTube page and available throughout their social media sites. But we will have a conversation with Michael coming up later here on the show. First, though, to help break down last night's game and preview tonight's, we welcome back Samuel Purley, coordinator of digital media content for the Hornets. All his fine work can also be seen across the Hornets' social media spectrum as well as Hornets.com. Sam, welcome back to a two-Sams edition of the HHC. Thank you for having me, as always. Well, the Hornets fell on upon hard times, as I said. They lose 108-91 to to the Chicago Bulls, and this one seemed to over right from the start. Chicago came out, punched the Hornets in the mouth, and Charlotte's offense, which had a dreadful second half in New York, sadly continued that stretch in the Windy City, never getting north of 25 points in any quarter. What, in your mind, went wrong for the Hornets last night? Yeah, it looked like, you know, can you really kind of trace it back to halftime of that Knicks game? It, you start off, you score 66 points in the first half in New York, and then you go 31, give up the 10-0, 31 second-half points in that game, 10-0 run to start in the Bulls game. The Hornets did have a nice little stretch to respond. I think they got it like 16-13. looked like it was going to be a ball game, and then Bulls kind of just took off again and never really, like you said, never really a contest after that. And I think it's, 
you know, it's just unfortunate. It's kind of the same issues that have been popping up that popped up during the homestand last week. And you don't want to blame it entirely on injuries, but you know, sometimes there's only so much you can do when you're missing Gordon Hayward, Lamella Ball, Malik Monk. It just puts such a strain on the offense to get points. And then when you're not scoring at some point, it trickles over to the defense. And I think that's what happened tonight. The Hornets, Hornets had a tough time scoring, and it just kind of started trickling over to the other side. Big games from um, Nikola Vucevic, who played really well. Kobe White as well had a nice game. And Thaddeus Young off the bench. So, unfortunately, it's kind of the same issue. You just got to kind of have to figure out a way and try some different stuff while these guys uh, heal up and hopefully get them back at the end of the season. I totally agree with you on the injuries, and I think specifically the one to Gordon Hayward. I don't think fans and followers of the team are really giving enough credit to Gordon and his impact on the team. They are 3-7 and seven without him, and I've said throughout the season – Gordon's impact, it's not so much on the ceiling for the team, it's on the floor. And the bottom has dropped out in quite a few games here for the Hornets where one or two guys will have an off-shooting night and they just don't have that relief valve to take the pressure off to go and get a bucket the way Gordon Hayward was able to throughout the season. And I think that has been a real issue for this team. The other thing is, in terms of the overall game, look, teams are going to have off-shooting nights. That's just going to happen. And the Hornets have clearly been in a little bit of a funk. They went 25% from deep in yesterday's loss to the Bulls. Those nights are going to happen. I think the frustrating thing for the offense is they struggled to cash in the easy ones. Points off turnovers, second chance points. Those are effort plays that should lead to easy offense, and they just didn't last night. Hornets forced 16 turnovers out of the Bulls, only scored 13 points. They pulled down eight offensive rebounds, only five second chance points. So that's a real sign something was off with the offense last night because it's one thing to not shoot well. Teams, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs, but if you can't put away the easy ones on fast breaks or putbacks, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think going back to that Knicks game, it's a little bit better against the Bulls. They only had three free throws, or three made free throws in that Knicks game. I think they went three of eight. So, like you said, when you're strained so much offensively, you have so little margin for error. you got to get a big game from Terry. you got to get a big game from Devontae. you got to get a big game from P.J. Miles. And then you got to have maybe even a fifth person. you got to have at least five or six guys, 12, 13, 14 points. And then on top of that, you got to take advantage of all those easier opportunities. Like you said, fast break points. Points up turnover, second chance points, points in the paint. I think they only went 52% from points in the paint, which is just you need that number to be closer to 65, 70 at least. And those are the easy ones. Just finishing around the rim, it's just kind of just circles back to the term. We've actually heard a little too often these last couple of weeks is just margin for error. The margin for error is just getting thinner and thinner and thinner. You know, you just need a lot of things to go right right now. It's not saying it can't happen or it's impossible, but right now it's, you know, sometimes the more bodies you lose. You just need more and more things to go right. You can't afford two-point game from a start or a three-point game or something like that. So, like you said, just wasn't their night. Hopefully they can uh, regroup and get it back tonight against Cleveland. Before we get to our silver linings for this one, one player who deservedly is getting a lot of praise for his level of play is Miles Bridges. Martin to McDaniels, penetrates, kicks to Bridges. Bridges into the 10, goes up and throws it over Vucevic. Oh, my goodness. He has done it again. Bridges, the throwdown. 
He is the grim reaper when he is coming down the lane. Miles Bridges, two of his 13 points right there. Even he had a, a tough shooting day against the Bulls, 13 points on 5 of 13 shooting. Since joining the starting lineup, he, he's been, I think, with this latest performance, somewhere around 17 points per game. But prior to the last two, he was at 20 points per contest since entering the starting lineup. But in those 10 games, they're now 3-7. and seven. Miles Bridges' shooting percentages have been very consistent. Where do you feel he fits in to the rotation, the starting lineup, once this team gets healthy? And, and I'll preface this by saying I don't really care about starting lineups. I care about finishing lineups. And Miles Bridges is most definitely proven to be a finisher at this point. But in terms of balancing out the scoring, making sure there's no dead spots when you go to your bench, where do you think Miles has proven to be the best fit once this team hopefully gets healthy? It's kind of a crazy question because it seems like it's been so long since the team has had a fully healthy rotation. My first instinct was sixth man. Then I remembered, okay, if you've got Lamelo, if you've got Terry, you've got Devontae, one of those guys is probably, if you're going with the lineup that you had been using kind of at the end of the all-star break, you know, can I say sixth slash seventh man? You know, I still think Miles, you know, had a tremendous growth off, you know, a tremendous impact off the bench this season and was really, really excelling there. And, you know, the connection he had with Lomelo Ball at the start of the season, it was really good. It, I think he's really risen to the occasion right now. The shooting stuff has been tremendous. The step back, the pull-up shooting from three particulars really, really opened up his game a little bit more. Defenders are playing up on him a little bit more. And when you got that quick first step and can attack the rim like he can, it just opens things up so much more. So it's crazy to think. Hopefully it's a problem that Coach Borrego has to have at some point figuring out who goes to the bench and things like that. But who knows? You could see a lineup, you know, depending on when guys get back, maybe you roll out a LaMelo Ball, Terry, Miles, Gordon, and play PJ at the five, you know, something like that. So obviously the more bodies you have, the more lineups you create, the more creativity you can have. And, again, hopefully it's a problem that Coach Borrego will have sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, certainly rooting for that to become a reality. I, I personally, I think I would lean more towards, you know, Cody Zeller or some more consistent option at center, maybe playing with P.J. Washington. But I, I like the thought there of having that spark of Miles Bridges coming off the bench. I don't necessarily want the minutes to diminish. I'd love to see him still playing 25 to 30, 35 if the game calls for it. But the team, they're struggling for offense right now. There's no question about it. They have now lost 10 games out of 10 where they have failed to score 100 points. Uh, and that's included several times over this last stretch. But it's time to get to silver linings. There are always some in every game, even the losses. Sam Perley, your silver lining from last night's loss. I'm actually going to change mine now when you originally asked before we got on the call, but I'm going to change mine, so hopefully it's not the same one as you. You rebel you. But <laughs> I think, at least defensively, I think the team is playing well considering how much the offense is struggling. You know, last year we saw this team, if they didn't hit shots, I mean, we're talking 30, 40, 50 point, not 50 point, but huge blowout. I mean, you could really tell it would impact the defensive end a lot, you know, and, and constantly taking the ball out of the net, not being able to push the pace. There seems to be some semblance of, for the most part during the game, I would say a vast majority of it, that the team is still engaged on defense. They're still getting back. They're still contesting shots. They're still, you know, closing out and rotating and things like that. So, again, granted, with how much the offense is struggling, how much you know, point production is just not there right now, I think the defense is still holding its own and keeping the Hornets in it to an extent 
But at some point, like we saw tonight, I think in the third quarter, it was like 18-2, 18-3 run last night in that third quarter. I mean, the bottom just kind of falls out. But I think defensively, when the team can get set, you know, it's giving the team a chance in a lot of these games. I'm going to give my silver lining to an individual, and I'll go to the second-round pick point guard from the College of Charleston, Grant Riller. Loses it through the wickets, and Riller's got the steal. Grant Riller into the front court. Riller lobbed to Carey. Carey pulls it in. Laying is good. The two rookies team up and get the bucket. Grant Riller, a career-high tying one assist in the game, a career-high establishing six-point performance on a career-best three made field goals. Thought he looked much more comfortable out there on the floor. I don't think there is any threat of him uh, taking over starting point guard duties right now for Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, or LaMelo Ball. But he's showing to be a nice option, and uh, you know, as we have seen over the course of this season, depth is important. Having players under team control are important. As much as we love some of the veterans the Hornets have, we know it's, it's a fact of the NBA. There's going to be churn. There's going to be turnover. And the less you have to depend on the free agency market to give you what you need and just have it in reserves, the better off you are. And Grant Riller, you know, maybe he's in the Brad Wanamaker role next season. Maybe, you know, who knows what space he'll occupy, but he's looking more comfortable out there. And similarly for the guy he had that assist to, Vernon Carey Jr., even though he uh, has struggled a little bit to get going offensively since the Brooklyn game, we at least know there will be a center under contract who has scored 20 points in an NBA game next season because Cody Zeller and Bismarck Biombo will be free agents next year. Not to say the team can't bring him back, but at least it is a known fact there will be a center who has to come back because he's under contract in Vernon Carey. All right, we got a lot more to talk about with Sam. We're going to have him stand by and bring him back to preview the Cleveland game in a moment. But coming up next, the winner of the Innovation Summit will be announced at halftime of tonight's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you haven't seen it yet, all five finalists presented their pitches to our panel of judges on the Innovation Summit. You can see the video through the Hornets YouTube page, and it's available on Hornets.com as well. The judges included Michael Dermer, founder of The Lonely Entrepreneur, and he joins us next to talk about the Innovation Summit right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, during the month of April, the Charlotte Hornets and their official hunger relief partner, Food Lion Feeds, are launching the 2021 Hunger Food Drive to benefit Second Harvest Food Bank of Metrolina. The Bridges who throws it down with a right hand. For every Hornets dunk this month, slams it down with two hands. Food Lion will donate 1,000 meals. Terry Rozier throws it down over Kevin Durant. For more information on how you can help Food Lion and the Hornets dunk hunger, visit hornets.com slash dunk hunger. Time now to return to one of our favorite topics, the Innovation Summit. If you've missed the last couple of podcasts or haven't heard about it, the Innovation Summit was an opportunity for local businesses within a 150-mile radius of Spectrum Center who are minority-owned to come away with a $15,000 investment from the Charlotte Hornets as part of the Innovation Summit. There were nearly 150 applications in two weeks, and then in the second round, 20 semifinalists received 50,000 fan votes. So we've had great participation both from businesses trying to be a part of the competition and win the $15,000, as well as you, the fans, letting your opinions be heard. Only one business is going to walk away with the grand prize, but thankfully everyone who applied received a year of free resources from The Lonely Entrepreneur. And to tell us all about it, we have Michael Dermer from The Lonely Entrepreneur here with us today. Michael, how are you? 
I'm terrific. Thanks so much for having me. We're thrilled to have you here. Give us a little bit of the background on the Lonely Entrepreneur and the Black Entrepreneur Initiative. Sure, my pleasure. I started my career as a corporate lawyer in New York, and I left that after three years and started what got to be known as the first company in the U.S. to reward people for being healthy. It was a healthcare technology company that we built up and sold in 2013, but, you know, not before living through the financial crisis of 2008, you know, a lot of things that people experience today. And after I sold that company, you know, I really wanted to give back to entrepreneurs. And, you know, I was just helping people on entrepreneurs, you know, who are entrepreneurs in New York, where I live. And one of them said to me, being an entrepreneur is really lonely. And I was like, hmm. And then a friend of mine said, wow, that's really a thing and dragged me into a Starbucks and yelled, who here is a lonely entrepreneur? And everybody raised their hand. And we knew that if we could wake up every day and try to help people turn their passion into success, that'd be an amazing thing to do. And so we started the Lonely Entrepreneur, built this platform, which is really designed to be a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs so they didn't have to go all over the place to find the resources they need because there's so many things you need to know and launched that in 2015. And, and then more recently said to ourselves, you know, we've got this great platform. How do we help women and people of color? And we started to partner with leaders in the black community throughout the country. And in the tragic events that occurred around George Floyd, you know, we said to ourselves, listen, while we all wrestle with social and economic injustice, that we know that's going to take time. And that's a wrestling that is worth taking. But, you know, we've got a platform that we could put in the hands of people today. So we launched the Black Entrepreneur Initiative with the goal of trying to put that platform for free in the hands of uh, 100,000 black men and women across the country. So it's been uh, incredibly rewarding to try to make a difference and also obviously to partner with the Hornets on the Innovation Summit. And many of the obstacles that you're working to try and remove have been exacerbated by the pandemic, something that is just unforeseen in a once in a generation type of experience, but nonetheless is having a significant impact. Tell us about what each of the applicants here through the Innovation Summit are receiving from you and how that might help combat some of the additional barriers that they're confronting, what with COVID-19. Yeah, you know, it's such a good point. I mean, even for every type of entrepreneur, but especially for entrepreneurs of color, I mean, there's a crazy statistic out there that said 41% of Black-owned businesses were likely to close under COVID. I mean, just tragic numbers. And so in partnership with the Hornets, you know, using our platform, basically everybody that applied gets one year of free access to the platform. And that provides them with 350 learning modules on all the business and personal issues they face, a whole series of tools, which are like, you know, business plan templates and sample legal agreements and ongoing support in the form of group coaching on all kinds of different topics, and then a community where they can get their questions answered by the Lonely Entrepreneur team. So I think the idea is that given the challenges that exist even before COVID, but certainly during COVID and especially exacerbated for for the Black and other minority communities, hopefully what we're doing is guiding them to have a, a better chance of success. Now, we'll be announcing the winner of the Innovation Summit tonight at the Hornets game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. You, in addition to giving away your outstanding service to all of our applicants, served as a judge in the process. Tell me about your perspective, uh, maybe viewing the applicants as uh, people that could use your service, but also trying to evaluate them as companies. You know, my first reaction is just, wow. I mean, this is just a real example of, you know, in the Charlotte community, just how many talented, talented people there are with great idea and passion that just need a little bit of learning and a little bit of capital to get themselves moving. I mean, the, the businesses that we saw were as diverse as, you know, fashion businesses, technology businesses, businesses started by young people, people that are a little bit older of all different shapes and sizes. So you're just amazed by the talent that exists 
that hopefully the work that the Hornets are doing and the work that we're doing, you know, can give them a, a better chance of success, but not just even, you know, the five businesses that made it to be the finalists, but the 150 or so that applied, it is, it's unbelievable to know that, that one of the next great innovations or fashion trends could come, you know, from the Charlotte community. It was just a, a pleasure to be involved. There were so many great ideas. You can check them all out by going to the Hornets YouTube page. You can also go through our social media pages as well. We've got links to all of the pitches as well as the full innovation summit. You were only allowed to vote for one, Michael. Who did you vote for and why? It was such a difficult decision. I ended up voting for the first because I felt, you know, as you talked about, you know, turning kind of fashion into a purse and and not only the business and you think about the innovation of solving a problem, right? That many, many women have, but also just who they were. You know, we talk so much about how not only the black community, but especially women face kind of the double whammy of challenges. And if you look at the, the, not just the business themselves and the opportunity and the demand, which of course is necessary in any of these businesses, but just the individual involved, um, while they're all impressive individuals, if you look at her, this is exactly, in my opinion, who we should be helping. Raw talent, great idea, and just needs capital and learning to get it off the ground. So it was part, I think the product is terrific, but I think partly wouldn't it make an amazing success story to see it in her at you know, center court of the arena showing off her product. So that's why I voted for them. For those fans listening in that maybe could find benefit from what you're doing with The Lonely Entrepreneur, where can they go to find you? Oh, thank you so much. Just lonelyentrepreneur.com. Um, you'll see a whole bunch of stuff there that can help entrepreneurs and for the corporate and philanthropic partners out there like the, the Charlotte Hornets, you know, our Black Entrepreneur Initiative is designed to really help 100,000 black entrepreneurs throughout the country. And we have a, I can't announce it yet, but a very, very large, actually, North Carolina-based NASCAR announcement coming out on Monday that you'll see there as well. So thank you so much for, for referencing that. Well, thank you for all the fine work that you've been doing. Michael Dermer, founder of The Lonely Entrepreneur, thanks as well for taking the time and energy and effort into being a judge on the panel. And uh, we look forward to hopefully partnering with you on many, many more initiatives in the future. Thanks for having me, and thank you to the leadership of the, uh, of the Charlotte Hornets for making this happen. Cody Zeller knows how to finish an assist. Now you can be a part of one of his biggest plays of the season. Socks are the most underdonated item for those in need, and the Cody Zeller Sock Drive, presented by Haynes, is ready to attack that problem. You can help make socks a priority by donating one pack of new socks or $5 to the Cody Zeller Sock Drive, and all donations will be matched by Haynes and will benefit Roof Above. Head to Hornets.com and search Cody Zeller Sock Drive for more information. Our thanks again to Michael Dermer, founder of The Lonely entrepreneur for joining us here on the HHC to talk about the Innovation Summit. And we will, of course, crown the winner of that $15,000 investment tonight at halftime of the game against the Cavaliers. And help us preview the game itself. We welcome back Sam Purley to the Hornets Hivecast. Yes, it's a two Sam's edition. Sam, of course, coordinator of digital media content for the Hornets and all his fine work can be seen on Hornets.com. Sam, we mentioned it earlier, Hornets 3-7 and seven without Gordon Hayward. I've said throughout he represents the foundation of this Hornets team. Without him, it's like walking on a wobbly floor. Eventually, you, you might hit a dead spot and fall through if other players aren't picking you up. Last night was a case where the team struggled to shoot the ball. The team is 0-10 when they failed to get to 100 points. And in four of their last six games, they have failed to get to 100. What needs to happen against the Cavaliers to get back on track? Yeah, and one of those 
four games was against the Cavs just last week at Spectrum Center. I think they lost 103-90. to Not a totally different game than last night's game against the Bulls. Again, kind of a slow start in that one. I think the Hornets were kind of in it, sort of in the fourth quarter, seven, eight-point game last Wednesday night. And then Torian Prince just hit shot after shot after shot. Dean Wade as well down the stretch. So, again, it's going to kind of come down to the same stuff. Got to get off to a good start. You can't fall behind 12-2 or you know, 10 nothing like they did last night against the Bulls. Strong start, and like you got off that strong start against the Knicks, you got to sustain that after halftime. So, strong start. You got to get some threes to fall early. You got to get guys involved, too. I think last night, you know, P.J. Washington coming off two 20-point games, um, just four shots on and finished with two points. I know the game, maybe they pulled them kind of early, you know, called off the horses, maybe when the game was out of out of reach in preparation for this game tonight. But I think you got to get guys involved. you got to get shots. I mean, you just got to find some sort of rhythm. It's tough right now, but you just got to do it. This Cavs team is physical. They're big. They rebound well. They shoot well. They spread the floor. They'll have Colin Sexton back as their leading scorer. He didn't play last week in that game, and neither did P.J. Washington play in that game. So a couple key guys coming back from both sides. I don't expect it to be t- entirely unlike last week in terms of the physical kind of style of play of these two teams, at least of Cleveland for sure. So it'll be a tough one. The Hornets, you know, it's a little late of a start, 8 p.m. game, so got to get that offense going. I mean, that's that's kind of the, unfortunately, the main thing on the drawing board. I've just got to find a way to score right now, and hopefully that takes a little bit of pressure off the defense. You mentioned the start a couple of times. It's something that JB brought up after last night's loss, the potential to make some changes to the starting lineup. Yeah, I'm looking at all these options. You know, we'll, we'll look to see if we need to make a change there in the starting lineup. I don't know. We can look at it. You know, PJ had a good run the last couple of games. I've continued to start Miles at the four. We've tried Vern the last couple of nights. It's worked fairly well with them coming off the bench the couple nights we've done it before this. I didn't see much there tonight, but we'll continue to look at the starting lineup. Maybe there's something we can do. I'm not married to the starting lineup. You know, we could see a different group tomorrow. So we got to just keep plugging, keep looking for different things. You know, I'm not just going to sit here on my heels and hope that this turns. I'll continue to try some different looks, different lineups and. You know, maybe it starts with the starters with a different look. Sam, we want to be positive here, so we want to accentuate the positive on uh, the potential for the Hornets in terms of making changes. So I don't want you to say who comes out of the starting lineup, but give me two names of players you would like to see tinkered with, maybe brought into or back into the fold of the starting five. I'm all about bringing positivity, no matter what. All about silver linings. You know, I think that's the good thing about JB and this coaching staff is they're always going to change and try things. If something's not working, try something different. You've seen that numerous times this season, you know, sometimes by necessity and sometimes just by, you know, experimentation and things like that. You know, not to pull anybody, but I think, you know, seeing what you could do with P.J. Washington starting at center, I think would be an interesting take you know he, he's performed well not so much last night i think it's just kind of a rough night the last two games he's done really well coming off the bench is that small ball five against the knicks and against the trailblazers so maybe that could be one thing you look at and then oh man another one you know could it be something you know i feel like jalen's had kind of a couple tough outings could it be seen going to him to the bench and kind of going against a second unit on another squad to get him going and maybe bring in one of the Martins to start at the three and kind of go small through that one, two, three. And then you got PJ at the five with Miles at the four, too. I mean, really go small right out of the gates could be kind of a good counteract against a, a kind of a bigger Cleveland unit. So I don't know. I mean, that's just an idea. I'm not the, I'm fortunately not an NBA head coach. So 
probably knows a little bit more about what he's doing, but that's just kind of two ideas. You know, you, you, at some point, you know, the coaching staff has proved it, it's willing to try different stuff and, you know, who knows, maybe tonight, tonight we see something different. And they've done a good job of, you know, shocking the system and making changes and finding pieces that work. One I'll throw out there, I kind of like the idea of starting Cody Zeller again. I think if you really look close at the box score, his points per minute, his rebounds per minute, have been really good, even during this losing stretch. Going back over his last five games, he only got to double figures once, but he's hasn't missed more than three shots in a game through that entire stretch. And his rebounding numbers have been fairly strong as well over the entirety of the time that the team has gone without Gordon Hayward. So, you know, I think he is a reliable player. He has not had a 20-point game all season long. So I don't think you can look at him and expect to have the same kind of explosive offensive effort that we saw from Vernon Carey earlier in this month against Brooklyn. I don't think that's necessarily going to come. I also think, you know, when he's been injury-free, he's been a fairly reliable option. He's going to be a competitive rebounder. He's going to be a, a solid defender. Maybe not spectacular all the times, but he's going to be solid. He's going to make you work for your points. And if you feed him the ball in the post, he's going to finish at a fairly efficient rate. And right now, maybe just reliability is the best thing the Hornets could get back into the starting five. Yeah, I like that idea, that idea a lot. I think last night, too, with just, again, facing some of those big guys on the Bulls. I mean, Vucevic has been a problem. We've seen him a number of times when he was in Orlando. He's a Southeast Division rival, and I think he had Vernon in there. And maybe it's, it's still kind of get Vernon's comfort level up and seeing if you can catch lightning in a bottle like he did in that Brooklyn game. And, you know, Vucevic is a handful. And I think Daniel Tice was also giving us some props on the defensive end. You go to Cody to try and get the center unit going, and the, the defense is starting to kind of slip a little bit. So you get biz, and then all of a sudden you're rolling with three or four centers. So, you know, I like that idea. And I think it's, you know, Cody's, I think he had a couple, um, I mean, with his second quarter, had a couple nice finishes around the rim where he hit, I think, a couple and one layups or three point plays. So that's good. I like it. I'm all about experimentation. Let's try something new. See if we can get that offense going to pick up a win tonight against the Cavaliers. It would be a big one. And also, by the way, it doesn't mean I'm against Vernon Carey playing. I just think, you know, we really haven't seen him tried as the first center off the bench. You know, it's been either basically come in where the game is out of reach one direction or the other or starting a game. And while the first one at Brooklyn went very well, the last three, I'd say, did not exactly come back with huge returns. He's either had foul trouble and had to go to the bench immediately or it just hasn't been there. His offensive game seems capable of being a spark and maybe coming in with the second string center on the other side, maybe that gets him recharged again. I don't know, but as we've been saying here, you know, experimentation is worth giving an attempt here to try and get the Hornets out of their funk. And certainly when the cavalry comes and LaMelo Ball, Malik Monk, Gordon Hayward returns, this team is going to certainly benefit from this experience because not just Vernon Carey, but Jalen McDaniels, the Martin brothers, a lot of guys, even Miles Bridges, were put into roles they would not have otherwise occupied and should be better for the experience 
down the stretch and long term. Hornets still reside in eighth place in the Eastern Conference. Some work to do to clinch their spot in the play-in, but very much in control of their own destiny. The magic number remains at 11, and 10 of the next 12 are at home. So an opportunity for maybe the Hornets to clinch a play-in tournament spot and thus a playoff position for the first time in five years at Spectrum Center. If you want to be a part of the magic, go to Hornets.com for ticket information. Sam Perley, thanks as always for joining us here on a Two Sams edition of the Hornets Ivecast. Thank you for having me. As always, I'll see you tonight. Yes, we will. And we'll see hopefully all of you as well at the Hive. If you can't make it there, make sure to tune in to the Hornets Hivecast tomorrow as we will have our post-game wrap-up edition of tonight's game against the Cavaliers. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today on the Hornets Hivecast and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.